Welcome to the Monroe Church of Christ podcast. I'm Derek Glover, preacher of the Monroe Church of Christ in Monroe, Wisconsin, and I want to thank you for joining us. I hope that you'll subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment or a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend, family member, co-worker, or someone that you think would be interested to know more about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, we are continuing a study this morning of the fruit of the Spirit. And we are nearing the end of that study, and we are to um, the characteristic of gentleness. Oftentimes, being a Christian feels, um, feels very contradictory. There is, um, as we live in this world and we go through this life, there are times where our faith creates these, uh, these moments. We, we have little phrases that we've come up with to describe them. We say, well, uh, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. Right? You heard that one? Or be, uh, be uh, in the world but not of the world. Because as Christians, we have a duty to our Lord, to the gospel, but we also have the realities of life. And sometimes it feels like what we are called to is sometimes contradictory. And it's a struggle. There is a call for Christians to have in their life something that was one of Ryan's favorite words, balance. To have balance in our life. We stand as people whose lives are upheld by a tension. A tension between a number of things, a number of characteristics and a number of uh, of parts of our world and our life that pull at us. And we stand and live in that tension with God as our guide. And one of those areas is in gentleness. Because we're called to be gentle, we're called to be meek, and those words are really the same root word in the Greek. So when you see meekness and gentleness, we're talking about the same thing. So we're called to have this meek and gentle spirit, and yet... We read so much uh, that Paul writes in the New Testament and elsewhere about being bold, about being, uh, being people who feel a strength and a sense of, of strength because of God, because of, of what we've been given in Christ. And it's one of those areas that feels like a contradiction. It feels like a tension that we are held in between being bold in our faith, being courageous and strong and outspoken and willing to stand up for the gospel and yet still being gentle in spirit and quiet and meek. And that's how we see these two things and Paul telling us one thing in one place and then telling us another thing in another place. What does it mean to be bold? We see that throughout Scripture. One place we see it that might be on your mind if you've been a part of our Wednesday night study on the book of Hebrews is in Hebrews. The author there talks about the confidence that we can have in our faith and in God because of Jesus. And he makes that argument, <coughs> excuse me, one of my favorite things to do on Monday morning is to go through the recording of my sermon and take out all the cough breaks. Uh, so I'm, I make a mental note whenever it happens. In Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 14, and he's been talking about 
about Jesus and he's introducing the idea of Jesus as a high priest. He says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who's been tempted in all things just as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Jesus has come and died and our lives cannot be the same after having Christ in them. And therefore we have a confidence and a boldness and the writer of Hebrews as well as, as Paul will write elsewhere that we can be bold in our faith. We can be courageous. We can step with sure footing. We can move forward and grow in our faith as the book of Hebrews instructs us to do because we can feel confident in where we stand. We have a boldness that comes, in fact, from the Holy Spirit. And yet it is the Spirit that also gives us this uh, gentleness. Our boldness comes from knowing that Jesus reigns. Can you imagine the confidence you would have in any endeavor if you already knew that you were going to succeed? I can remember being in school and one of the greatest sources of writer's block, and I had to do a lot of writing because, well, in undergraduates, when you study economics, there's really nothing else practical you can do. We don't have any projects. We don't build anything. We sit around and think, and then we write about what we think about. And then in grad school, it's pretty much the same way. I did a lot of writing. And I used to hate writing, and I used to think I was no good at it. And now I'm fair to Midland, right? And I, I, can, I can handle it. And I learned a few things. And one of the things I learned was just start. Just start writing. Because I could sit there for hours, not write anything, because I was afraid it wasn't going to be very good. Or I was afraid I didn't know what I was talking about. Or I was afraid that I would be wrong or I would, I would not get a, a, a good grade. Can you imagine the confidence and, and the productivity that would have come if I had already known what my grade was going to be at the end? We live this life and each day presents unknowns. Each day is new. Each day holds limitless possibilities. But one thing is certain. For those who are covered in the blood of Christ through baptism, for those who have accepted Jesus as their Savior, and for those who walk in accordance with that calling, there awaits a reward, there awaits a rest, there awaits a home with God. We have known since, since Christ came out of the tomb that we've won. We've already won. Final score is done. They've even turned the scoreboard off. We win. How is your life different and how will you live differently knowing that you've already won because of Jesus? I think this week has tested some of that for some people. You know, and, and I, I kind of fall somewhere in the middle on some of these things because there's people who are in full panic mode and there's some people that say, well, you know, it's okay. We're all going to be in heaven one day. And and that's great, but we're not there right now, and this is kind of scary for some people. And it's okay to be a little scared, and it's okay to be a little upset, because we're still here. We're not in heaven yet. And we have to remember we have a responsibility in these times to live as people who have assurance with God through Christ. 
Now, that doesn't mean do nothing. It might mean do something. But it certainly means that we are the ones who will think about our neighbor. We are the ones who will think about those who are hurting. We are the ones who will see the layoffs and the economic impact, temporary though it may be, or maybe longer term, that we'll be the ones to care for those who are in need. We'll tell our elderly friends to stay home while we go get their groceries. We're the ones who do that. Because we live as people who have been changed. We live as people who know the final score. Whether you're scared of a virus or scared of the stock market or scared of what's going to happen tomorrow or mad because your gymnastics meet has been canceled. I'm talking to you back there. Or whatever this has done to your life. Live boldly because you know what comes in the end. And that's one side that we're encouraged to express in Scripture, this boldness. But there's another side, the gentleness, the meekness. The verse this morning, gentleness was brought out as a trait that we should have with one another in Ephesians. We see meekness mentioned in the Beatitudes. And we see gentleness in the fruit of the Spirit, but we don't see boldness. So how is one to be bold and confident in the final score and live a life that is proud of being a child of God, that is vocal about our salvation, that acts with purpose because of our Savior, and yet to remain this meek and gentle spirit? Let's take a look at a few examples. One that we think of, of course, is the Beatitudes where Jesus says that the meek are blessed, the gentle are blessed, because they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. You're blessed. He doesn't say blessed are the bold. Now, there's some people he talks about in the Beatitudes that might have bold characteristics, but meekness and gentleness is offered as this uh, desired sort of attitude. We read in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, that a gentle answer turns away wrath. A gentle answer can turn... We, we don't think that way normally. That's not how we're wired to think. I know that because I've watched children fight. I know that because I've had fights. And what do we do when someone gets loud? We get louder. And we escalate and we continue to step up and ratchet up whatever is happening until it explodes. My, my two youngest, they, they've been interesting to raise to this point. Because we kind of had two sets of kids. Anna Kate and Thomas, a couple years apart. Oliver and Jack, a couple years apart, roughly. A little less, but... Anna Kate and Thomas, when you have a boy and a girl, they don't have a lot of interest crossover. They didn't fight a whole lot. But Oliver and Jack, I mean, I wonder some days if I carry enough insurance. Because they, I, they wake up every day. I know whoever the first one is out of bed just stares at the other one and goes, how can I ruin your day today? 
and they think about it, they like to fight. And one of them will do one thing, and the other will do it back. And then it escalates, and it, and it keeps going up, and there's yelling, and there's screaming, and there's stealing toys, until someone just hauls off and hits somebody else. And then there's crying and screaming. But the Bible tells us that a gentle answer is the right response. The thing contrary to how you're built, that's what we're to do. We're to have a meekness and gentleness that when we're confronted and faced with anger and resentment and harsh words, that we say, that's okay. And we respond with kindness and gentleness and, and grace and meekness. And yet, if that is true, if those wise words are true, that the meek will inherit the earth and that gentle answers turn away wrath, then it would seem to me that the Bible trying, is trying to tell us that gentleness is incredibly powerful. And we don't think of gentleness as power, right? We don't think of, uh, of, uh, of that as being the source of a lot of strength. In fact, when you look at characteristics of people that are in leadership positions, uh, people that are even elected to higher office, uh, that's not often a trait we want. We want someone that's a little bit bolder and a little bit louder and a little bit, a little more ruthless to get the job done. When Jimmy Carter lost his reelection campaign in 1980 to Ronald Reagan, that was one of the things that came out of some of the, the post-mortem study of that election, that people believed he was an outstanding in individual that he was a good person, Jimmy Carter, that he was a nice guy, but that wasn't who they wanted in the White House. We want someone with boldness oftentimes in leadership, and yet the Bible is telling us that it is not necessarily the boldness that has the power, but the boldness perhaps is a result. And then in fact, gentleness is a great power. And it is the power of our meekness and of our gentle spirit that affords us the ability to then be bold. When we understand the true source of power and the true meaning of gentleness, as Paul describes it in the fruit of the Spirit, we understand that it is not a tension that we are held by between boldness and gentleness, but rather they are two sides of the same coin that the Spirit gives us. A confidence in our Lord. That's the source of all of it. A confidence in our Lord and in our Savior. Why do I not have to fight with you? Why can I be gentle with you? Why can I have meekness in my heart? What allows me that humility and that calmness and that quiet spirit it is a confidence in God. It is an assurance of Christ. The people that are calmest in a crisis are often the ones that have some knowledge of what's going on and what's happening. I remember growing up, and this, this may be uh, a kind of a ubiquitous example, but I don't know how many of you have, have lived in a place where you get a lot of severe weather. Central Arkansas is a place that gets a lot of severe weather. Uh, tornadoes, specifically. And people talk about tornado season. It, it, it's year-round. It's anytime things get crazy with the weather. 
it can happen. The biggest tornado outbreak in the in U.S. history uh, in a in a single location was in the state of Arkansas. Fifty-two tornadoes touched down in one night, and it was in January. So who knows? But I remember living through that. <clears throat> I remember living through a lot of storms like that. We had a couple that came really close to our house during that time. And there was a couple times we were down in the hall. We didn't have basements, so we get in the hallway, put a book over our head and hope for the best. We were in the hallway. Me, my mom, my brother, the cat. And my dad was standing at the door with the door open on the front porch, sirens going off. We can hear the sound that freight train sound people describe, that's what a tornado sounds like. We can hear it. It's out there. And there stands my dad. He always did that. And I asked him one time why he did it. He said, I don't know, my dad did it. <laughs> because there was something about needing to be protective, needing to watch and to see and to not be helpless huddled in the hallway. And it gave us kids confidence that we were going to be okay because dad knew what was going on. Dad had it under control. Um, I, my dad to me when I was growing up was like Charlton Heston. Like if he had just stood there and held his hands up, the waters would have parted. I mean, that, that was how we saw him. Like Charlton Heston from the Ten Commandments. That sure hand. And I, I asked him one time when I was young, I said, dad, aren't you scared? Don't you get scared? And he said, yeah, I get scared. He said, but my job is to not let you see how scared I am so that you can feel brave when things get scary. That stuck with me. That ability to have that calm presence, that gentle presence. And sometimes as human beings, we have to fake it, right? But one area we don't have to fake it in when it comes to the eternal destination of our soul. I don't have to fake it. I can pretend to be brave with storms. I can pretend to be brave about viruses. I can pretend to be brave about what the future holds that I have no control or knowledge over. But one thing I don't have to pretend to be brave about for my family, for my friends, for my community is the eternal destination of my soul. I know right where that's going to be. Because I know my God, and I know his son, and I know what he's promised me. And he's never failed to keep a promise. And this one, he made an oath with through his son. If there was ever a promise to be kept, it's this one. That he has my soul in his hands, and he's not going to let it go. The boldness that comes from that confidence is the result of a gentleness and a humility that I have in knowing that. We are people of gentleness first. We lean on the power of our gentleness to make us heirs to this world, to make us uh, powerful, to turn away the wrath and objection of others through our gentleness, through our meekness. Why is it powerful? Because it's rare. Things that are rare are often powerful. Precious metals, very valuable because of their rarity.
because of their scarcity. Toilet paper. <laughs> Very valuable. Because it's pretty scarce right now in some places. Also, baby wipes. Because we, we were out of wipes and we went to Walmart. Baby wipes are gone too. And I'm thinking people saw that the toilet paper was gone and I'll let you do the math. But, yeah. So, things that are rare, things that are scarce, they tend to be more valuable. They tend to be more powerful. Gentleness is powerful because it's a rare trait. Everybody going through this world trying to, trying to outdo each other, trying to climb a ladder, trying to get somewhere and have some confidence and have something that they've accumulated in this life. And we don't need that because we have Jesus. And we have the rare and scarce characteristic of gentleness through the Holy Spirit. And it says something to people. It's powerful in what it can do. And it's powerful in that it produces a confidence and a boldness in us. We have a gentle boldness. If we're trying to, trying to understand what seems to be a contradiction in Scripture that calls for meekness and, and for <laughs> courageous boldness, I think that's the best way to understand it. We have a gentle boldness. We have a courage and an attitude that comes from confidence in God. Our confidence in his son and that sacrifice brings peace. And where there is peace, there can be gentleness in our response to the world. And where there is gentleness in our confidence, there is boldness to proclaim the truth. That God has opened the door to heaven through his son. And that all who enter through him will have a home. That's what we're proclaiming. That's what we proclaim when the Spirit produces these characteristics within us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Next week we will get to the final one, self-control. And then we'll close this study. And I hope it's been beneficial to you. And I hope, if nothing else, you've come to understand this. That a life filled with the Spirit does not look the way it did before it was filled with the Spirit. This is not a subtle change. It's not a quiet change. We are different because of Jesus, and we are different because we have the Holy Spirit. And Galatians chapter 5 makes that clear. That if you have this within you, you are producing different results than you were before. And people see that and they know you. They identify you. And they're drawn to you because you represent something that the world doesn't often. We have peace. We have understanding. We have gentleness and a boldness in spite of our meekness because we have confidence in the salvation that comes through Christ. If you feel less than confident this morning about that, if you feel like your steps have not been directed by him, but by yourself, we all at times have to get back on that path. We all at times have to remind ourselves to let God be guiding and not us. And if you lack that confidence because you don't know God's son, because you've not been buried with him in baptism, 
and raised to walk with him. And if you're ready to live a life that's different and rare, with confidence, with boldness, and with gentleness, then we want to help you take that step this morning. And we offer this time as an opportunity to do so, uh, if you want to, as we stand now and while we sing together. Thank you for joining us for the Monroe Church of Christ podcast. We hope that you have found today's message to be uplifting, inspirational, and encouraging. Most of all, we hope that it helps you along your spiritual journey. If you have any questions or comments or would like to drop us a line, you can do so at MonroeWICOC at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we look forward to you joining us next week.